This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Well, listen, we're starting a, just a brand new year and uh, be our first year we've ever started in, in Texas and obviously with this church. And Stephanie and I are just so excited about what the Lord has in store. And uh, over the next four or five weeks, I want to talk to you about redigging old wells. Because I'm afraid in, in, in the Christian walk, in, in church, sometimes we just get kind of in the process where we're just going through the motions and we want God's fire to be falling in this place. We sung about fire this morning. I mean, that's not just a song. We really want God's fire falling in this place. We want we want God we want the well of heaven to open up and just begin to pour out in this place. I want it not only in this church corporately but in your life. Uh, if if God listen, if God lights a fire in your life and enough of you get on fire, I can tell you what'll happen in the church. So it's really a it's a personal thing, even more so than it's a corporate thing, because as it happens personally in your life, it will happen corporately in the life of the church. And I want to share just a just a few thoughts with you this morning, and I really believe um, that the Lord will speak to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, I know we're having on the overhead. Turn to Genesis chapter twenty six. Genesis chapter twenty six. I'm going to start reading with verse 15. Genesis 26, 15. This morning I want to, I'm going to be preaching on the well of uncompromising surrender. Uncompromising surrender. Verse 15 of Genesis 26 says, Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched a tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again. Read that again. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley, found a well of running water there. Father, I ask you this morning in this house, Lord, as we begin a new year, God, that you would just open, allow us to just be open to everything you have to say today. God, that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers, Lord, that your word would be absorbed into us, God, today. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you, you can't survive without water. You can't survive without water. You can go just a, a day or two without water, and your body will begin to feel the effects. 
uh, whether it's joint pain or headaches or whatever, but dehydration uh, has a profound effect upon the body, and you cannot survive uh, without water. And, but there are things spiritually in your life that stop up the flow of God's presence from touching you and moving through you on a regular basis. And the Philistines in this story uh, are a representation of really the enemy and how Satan hates the people of God and he's all about stopping up the flow of God's presence into your life, into the life of this church. His desire is to stop up the flow. He's constantly trying to place little things in your life that will occlude the flow of God's power and presence in your life. And he doesn't care how he does it. I find it interesting in reading this. The Philistines were in the same desert that the Israelites were in, that Abraham and Isaac were in. They could have, they could have drank water out of the wells themselves, but they were content to stop up their own water source just so God's people wouldn't have it. The enemy will sacrifice whatever he has to to stop up the flow of God's presence in your life. God's looking for a church that will take on the daunting task of unclogging the wells of yesterday, the wells where God's presence just flows in his house. Without the proper flow of water, things begin to die. And I'm afraid we're seeing that in the life of our churches today. A lot of churches may look alive, but are they really alive? Uh, it's, it, it, some of it is just, it's all a program or a show. And, and listen, I'm, I want to have the best program we can have. I want to put on the best show we can put on. But without God's presence, that's all it is. That's all it is. And I want to tell you, God is looking for a church that is willing to put aside cultural acceptance and say, once again, we're going to redig wells in the house of the Lord. We're going to begin to redig the wells in our own walk that began, that allowed, once allowed God's presence to flow into the life of God's people. And it takes a generation to rise up and say, you know what, we're going to do this. Redigging a well is not an easy task. I, I want to keep in mind they didn't have any uh, hydraulic well drillers back then. These were hand-dug wells. It's a difficult task sometimes to begin to unclog wells. Uh, I had a, one of the properties that I hunted a lot back in Virginia. It had an old farm place there, old home place, and it had a well that was on this place and one time we decided to just it, it had earth and rocks and sticks and everything you could down in the well and we decided we were going to just just clean some of it out just to see what all was down in there and I and I found something out that there were snakes and there were spiders and listen this was in the winter time when you're not really worried about stepping on a snake, this was uh, there were snakes and there were spiders and there were there were mice and and all sorts of things that were harmful that were hiding out, hiding out, hibernating, living, surviving inside of a place that was designed to bring life-giving water, and the only reason. 
they were able to do so is because the well had been clogged up with debris. And church, I want to tell you this morning, going into 2020, that if we don't begin to unclog some wells that have been clogged up in the last 25 or 30 years in America, that it all we're doing is providing a place for the enemy to hibernate and hide out. From the outside, everything may look fine. You may not see it. But I want to tell you, occluded wells are a place for the enemy to hibernate and camp out. And I want to talk to you over these next few weeks about wells that we need to redig in the life of the church. I want to talk to you today about the well of uncompromising surrender today. I want to tell you, without full surrender to God, you can only be so useful in the kingdom I don't care if you say you got the Holy Ghost I don't care if you say you've got a healing anointing I believe there are people that's had healing anointings on their life but they haven't been surrendered enough for it to come forth you may have an evangelistic anointing on your life but you haven't surrendered enough for it to come forth you may have had an anointing to teach a Sunday school class but you haven't been surrendered enough this, I'm not talking about gifts this morning I'm simply talking about surrendering all you have to the Lord when you look at yourself how dead are you to compromise Paul says in Romans chapter 1 he calls himself a bond servant he said I'm a bond servant to Jesus Christ. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, he, he goes on to say, I die, how often? Daily. A bondservant in that old custom became the property of the owner. And the bondservant gave up all rights of their own. So I want you to understand what Paul is saying when he said, listen, I surrendered all to Christ. He said, I've given up my own personal right. He said, I've become property of him. He said, I, in other words, Paul's saying, I'm all in. I'm all, I've counted the cost, and I'm all in. And I want to ask this church this morning, how many of you are really all in? Oh, I'm glad you came today. I'm happy you gave your tithe. I'm glad you raised your hands or clapped your hands. But I want to know personally in your walk with God, are you really all in with him? Are you dead to compromise? Are you dead to the things that come up in your life that keep you from the house of God and the things of God? Are you dead to those things? Reinhard Bunke had preached a revival in an in a African village and two young men had been saved. And he was talking to the local pastor of that church and the next day they saw the two men walking on the street and happened to talk to them. And the, the young men, they didn't have anything but just a little sack of clothing and had nowhere to go. And through the interpreter, they found out that they had been banished from their village from their community from their family because they had accepted Christ and he said I felt I, I, I began to just feel so guilty because they had done this and the pastor quick said oh no 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 
they counted the cost when they accepted him. They knew what could take place. He said they were all in from the beginning. And I want to ask this church, Life Fellowship this morning, whether you've been here 65 years like Charlie or you're new, I want to ask you, are you all in? Are you all in? Have you, have you counted the cost at serving the Lord? How dare you to compromise when it comes to your work for the Lord? Paul said, I die daily. Dead people give up their right to choice. I've never heard somebody that was in a castic say, you know what, I just don't like my hair fixed like this. The dead people, they give up their right to choice. Paul was available at the most inopportune time. I want to tell you something about when you die to self and you decide that you're living for him, that you're all in. Expect for your lifestyle to be interrupted. Expect for your lifestyle. And see, I, I look, I know this morning, hey, Pastor, we were looking for a real Pentecostal service this morning. Well, bless your little heart. But I want to ask you, how does it make you feel when God steps in and he interrupts your agenda when he asked you to do something in an inopportune time can I tell you this morning that if we really want the revival fire to begin to burn again in the life of the American church it will come one way and it hinges on one thing more than anything else. It hinges on this more than teaching on the Holy Spirit or teaching on this or that or spiritual warfare. It hinges on dying to self and people deciding, God, we are all in for you. Lord, we've counted the cost and we've decided that we are all in. When a people will decide to make that death to self commitment. It's the only way that we can dig up that old well of uncompromising surrender. And it really is an old well in the life of the church. How, how many of you grew up in the day? I, I know I can count on Josh for this, but how many of you grew up in the day where it didn't matter? If it was a school night or the Cowboys were playing, if there was a revival service, how many of you spent a few nights laying on the pew? Hey, and listen, our kids have got it made that they actually got little games that they can be there and be quiet. We didn't have nothing but a tithing envelope to draw on, and you got in trouble for doing that. My mom would stop that. Don't draw on that. But how many of you remember when people lived a life of uncompromising surrender for the things of the Lord? Where people were just excited to get into God's house. When people look for the time to say, God, whatever you've got, I, I, I want to be a part of of it. And church, I want to tell you that God is looking for a people that will once again say, Lord, we're all in. We're ready to die to our own self. And God, whatever you have, we want to be a part of it. Philippians 3.8, Paul says this, 
Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I have discarded everything else. He says, I count it as garbage. He said, I counted as everything else, he said, is garbage except for what I've sold out to the Lord. And see, what we often do in our life when we, 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 we want to sell out which part of our self we don't use the most. I'm preaching to myself right here, so y'all just hold on a minute. We, 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 we'll, we'll sell out... I, We'll sell out the part of us that, that we don't use the most. Well, God, I'll surrender this to you. You're going to do a fast and you say, well, I've decided I'm going to give up sweet tea and coffee. You don't even drink sweet tea and coffee. Giving it up for the Lord. Giving it up for the Lord. But we decide, God, we want to give up. Let me tell you, when you begin to sacrifice in what you give up for the Lord, that's real uncompromising surrender. Are you all in? Does Christ have access to the most private areas of your life? I know he may have access to you here on Sunday morning, but what about the other six days of the week? Does the Lord have access to the private areas of your life, your activities, your time? Buckle your seatbelt. How about your money? Phyllis had called me this week and she said, Pastor, I, I've sold the house. And she said, I wanted to know if I could come by the church and give my tithe to you. Yes, ma'am, you can. If we need to meet you here at a special time, we'll do that. But does God have access to the first fruits of your increase? What about when you got a bonus on your job? Did you tithe off of that? Did God have access to the first fruits? We've got to again, re listen, we have become, the, the American people, we have become gigantic consumers. Oh, come on, y'all. We have become gigantic. We, we overeat, we overbuy, we overbuild, we overdrive. I, I'm just, be, and listen, I want to tell you something. I like to overeat. I like to overbuild and I like to overdrive, but that don't mean it's right. We overindulge on so many things, but does God have access to the most private, intricate things of your life? When there is uncompromising surrender in your life, it means that God has access to the most precious things without argument or hesitation. Without argument or hesitation. I want to read Genesis 22. I'm going to read verse. They won't have these first three verses. I'm, I'm going to read verses 9 through 14, but I want to read verses 1 through 3 first. But now it came to pass that after these things that God had tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering to one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3 starts off by saying, So Abraham rose early the next morning and saddled his donkey. 
Then verse 9 says, Then they came to the place to which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord said, said to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here am I. And he said, Do not lay your hand upon the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up on the burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. I share this story because Abraham gave God access to the most precious thing in his life. And I, I want to ask you this morning, I've talked about the promise for the last couple of months about God putting promise in your life and bringing promise forth in your life. You've got to be real careful that you don't allow the promise to become more important to you than the promise giver. Abraham had wanted a son. He had prayed. He had, he had begged. He had cried for a son. And all of a sudden, he's given Isaac. Can you imagine the joy at a at 100 years old? Some of you are thinking, I don't know if that was a joy or not. But at 100 years old, they have a son named Isaac. And I wonder how important Isaac had become to Abraham had Isaac become so important, the scripture doesn't elaborate, but had, had he become so important to Abraham that maybe Abraham didn't spend as much time and wasn't as sold out to the Lord anymore because the promise, the thing that God had given him had become the focus of Abraham's life. And I want to tell you that every good thing God gives you is for your enjoyment, it's for your pleasure, it's for the use for his building up of his kingdom. But I want to tell you we've got to be careful, church, that the promise and the blessing of God never becomes more important than the blesser himself. And Abraham is tested by the Lord and he said, Abraham, I want you to take your son and God even even uses some he said yeah the one that the son that you love so much the one that I gave you in your old age I want you to take him up and offer him as a burnt offering I want you to offer him up to me as a burnt offering Can I tell you that God is a jealous God for you to be sold out to him Exodus chapter 20 the Lord is teaching his children not to have idols he said because I am a jealous God. He said, I desire and I am jealous of my time with you. And church, I want to tell you something this morning. On a one-on-one -on -one level with you and the Lord, God is a jealous God when it comes to his children. He is desiring to spend more time with you in 2020 than you did in 2019. I don't know how much time you gave him in 2019, but I can tell you he would like to spend more in 2020. God is looking for us to completely surrender everything to him. 
Oh, and I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about hurts. I'm talking about addictions. I'm talking about unforgiveness. I'm, I'm talking about financially. I'm talking about everything in your life that you are holding on to and you're refusing to give it to God. God is saying today, if you would just surrender it to me. Can I tell you something about what you hold on to? You can't help it out as much as God can. Maybe you're believing, oh, I'm telling you, this is for somebody. You're believing God for that spouse to be saved and you're trying to mold them into who they need to be. Can I tell you, just give that up because you can't do it. But if you'll turn it over to God, if you'll surrender that spouse, surrender that child, if you've got a child that's wayward today, surrender them to the Lord and let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to work in their life. I could, I could stand up here as a pastor and preach something and I'll have somebody come up about a month later and say, man, I was, I was listening to Stephen Furtick preach and the Holy Spirit just spoke this to me. I'm thinking, I said that 12 times in the last month. But when the Holy Spirit speaks it to somebody, you get it. It's not about what man says or what man can do, but when the Holy Spirit speaks something into you, it sticks. And I'm not, I, I'm sorry, I can't wear skinny jeans to make it stick. I just can't do it. I tried a pair on one time, they're not for me. Has your blessing become more important to you than the blesser? God is looking for you to surrender everything. And I want to give you four quick points right here about when you surrender everything to God that we can learn from this text about Abraham. Genesis 22, verse 2, God says, Then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him up. Can I tell you, God decides what you surrender, not man. God decides what you need to surrender. When we embarked out into full-time ministry, God had me surrender a lot because I had accumulated a lot because I should have been in full-time ministry 15 years before I ever was. And the longer you hold on to things you need to surrender, can I tell you that it'll be much harder for you to surrender your life to the Lord fully. Be much more difficult. I credit my wife that God gave me very much so for us taking that move to Louisiana. When I tell you I went kicking and screaming, I was not happy. You can ask my wife or my children. I didn't like it one bit. I knew it's what I was supposed to do, but I didn't like it because I had waited too long and I hadn't surrendered along the way. So all of a sudden, I get to 40 years old and God says, okay, you're going to give all this up. And can I tell you the same thing What you say, well, I'm glad I'm not called to pastor. You don't have to be called to pastor. But whatever it is in your life, as long as you're holding on and not surrendering, the more difficult it will be for you to find freedom, for you to find fulfillment, for you to find destiny in what God has for you. 
God is the one that decides. Man's flesh, the desire of the flesh is never to surrender anything to the Lord. Your flesh doesn't have a desire to surrender. Your flesh wants, wants, wants what it wants all the time. God decides what's surrendered. Genesis 22, 3. When you know God has spoken, don't delay. When you know God has spoken, don't delay. This is, we are great procrastinators in the kingdom. Come on, come on, church. We're, we are great procrastinators. Well, I, I felt the Lord speak to me on something. I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to, Seek him, you know, maybe, maybe sometime next year God will bring it to pass. How do you know God doesn't want to bring it to pass now? Most of the time when we have that attitude, it's because we're thinking. Listen, church, we're already thinking when God speaks, you're already thinking about what you're going to have to give up. You're already thinking about what you're going to have to give up, and immediately we begin to compromise. Well, I... You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about that. Uncompromising surrender is what God's looking for from this church, from you, in your individual walk with him, uncompromising surrender. Like he had on the cross, he had uncompromising surrender. The Bible says he was obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. He went, he just went for you and I. He died so that you and I can have freedom. God is looking for uncompromising surrender and he, he doesn't want us to delay. Be careful about what you ask God. Uh, uh, be careful who you tell about what God has told you to surrender because some people aren't going to agree with you. Well, God has told me to do this. God, listen, there are people that are going to think you have lost your mind. We had people, I didn't tell a lot of people we were leaving. You know, I, I, had, lived, I had lived in this place 40 years. I mean, every, everybody there knew me, and well, you had too. Yeah, we, we had both lived there 40 years. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, together we lived there 40 years. And there were people in my own family that thought we had lost our mind. We had people ask, well, what about the family business? I don't know. All I know is God said this is what we have to do. And my wife has already packed the house up, so I've got to go. Very shortly after God really moved on us to take that first move, I came home one day and half of the house was, the pictures were off the wall. She had, I said, what are you doing? She said, I told you, we're moving to Louisiana August the 1st. It still scares me when I think about it. Be careful who you share what God's asking you to surrender. Because everybody, listen, unsurrendered people don't know how to understand what God's speaking to you. And there are a lot of unsurrendered people. We have a lot of Christians, we have a lot of full churches, but how many of them are fully surrendered? Well, God told me that I need to quit drinking. You can't tell that to somebody that they ain't going to give up their booze. I don't care if they do go to church. 
They're not going to understand it. Things of the Lord are foolishness to the world. It seems foolish to the world. Don't delay. When God speaks to you, don't delay. Immediately act on what God is asking you to do. Genesis 22, 11 through 12, God is never forget God is watching you in the process. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, don't lay your hand on your son. He said, don't lay your hand on your son. God's not going to let you falter when you obey him. It's when we get outside of obedience that we get into trouble. As long as we're inside of obedience with the Lord, we have a hedge of protection around about us. But I want to tell you something this morning. You can pray hedge of protection all you want, but when you go outside of that hedge and you begin to walk disobedient to what God's spoken to you, you're, you're outside the hedge of protection. So it doesn't work both ways. You can't, you, can't, you can't walk in disobedience and pray a hedge of protection at the same time. God's watching the whole time. He's not going to let harm come to you. He said, Abraham, I'm not going to let you kill your son. I'm not going to let... Abraham, this is the promise that I brought. Do you really think I'm going to let the promise die? Can I tell some of you this morning, God is not going to allow your promise to die out. God is not going to allow destruction or harm to come to you if you will just recognize that you need to walk in obedience before him in everything that you do. Walk in obedience before him. Then number four. Genesis 22, 14. God's sur a surrender to the Lord always brings God's provision. Maybe the most important point that I feel like I have today. That surrender, uncompromising surrender to the Lord always brings God's provision. Now, I, I dwelt on this thought just a little bit last night that God has provision trapped and hidden for me in my journey. God's got, God's got my ram caught in the bushes somewhere. He's got provision as long as I'm walking up the mountain of uncompromising surrender. If, if Abraham would have never went up the mountain in full surrender, he would have never seen the provision of the Lord. The scripture even says in the last part of that verse, he said, and Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And even to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Can I tell you that in uncompromising surrender is where you find full provision for the life that you're living. It's where you find full provision for your family, for your marriage, for your job, for your church, for your ministry. It's in uncompromising surrender that God brings provision into your life. We get provision from God in that way like we get it no other way. Like we get it no other way. Can I tell you, God has provision waiting for you. He's already, he's already working in your tomorrow. Eric, if you'd come. He's already working in your tomorrow. He's already working and navigating behind the scenes. 
in everybody in this building this morning, you have an opportunity to start 2020 with uncompromising surrender before the Lord. Uncompromising surrender. Will you just begin to say, God, there is nothing that's off limits. Nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God didn't keep something off limits from me. He even allowed his son to be sacrificed so that I could be saved. Thinking about the clogged wells. I wonder how many of us this morning, there's stones of compromise that have been thrown into your well. There used to be a time when God's presence and God's spirit flowed through your life. There used to be a time when you could feel the Holy Spirit around you. You could sense the Holy Spirit doing something new in you. There used to be a time when you were walking in joy and walking in peace. There used to be a time when you could feel the rest that only God can bring but not so much anymore. It's been a while since you felt God's power and God's presence in your life. Can I tell you, without uncompromising surrender, you'll never be able to retrieve that again. And this uncompromising surrender, it's not just a one-day thing, y'all. I wish I could tell you that you could get your heart in the right place today and you come to the altar and say, God, I'm, I'm going to surrender my hurt, my unforgiveness, my pain, my addiction, my jealousy, my anger. God, all the stones that have been thrown into my well. I want to ask you this morning, how many stones have been thrown into your well in 2019 or 2018 or 2008 that have never been removed and they become a breeding ground for the enemy just to rest the very well that was meant to bring you life and rest has become a place where the enemy finds rest hear me today and it's sometimes it's a, it's a dirty process to unclog a well but can I tell you that Jesus already got his hands dirty So when you and I begin to operate in uncompromising surrender, young people, some of the best ways you can start off the new year is say, God, I'm going into 2020 and I'm going to have uncompromising surrender. Lord, I'm, I'm not going to let anything stand between you and I. Lord, I know that your cross has brought me freedom. I know that your grave has brought me victory and redemption. Lord, I know that you completed the whole process. And Lord, I want to recognize today that I'm going to be surrendered to you. How many stones have been, some of us have stones of control that have been thrown into the well. Stones of anger, stones of jealousy. What stones are in your well today? that you aren't able to feel God's presence. It's one thing to get up here 
on Sunday morning and talk about God. But I want to feel it. I want to I want to feel it. I, I want to know who he is on a greater level. I want to experience his power. I want to see his move. I don't want it to be some fable or some fairy tale or something that a generation that, that's gone by doesn't even know about anymore. But I want to be able to feel God. I want to see God move. And it will come no other way than uncompromising surrender before the Lord. Let's sing that King of Glory song. this is what I want to do this morning every head bowed and every eye closed I, if you're in this place and you can say pastor I, either I've never accepted the Lord or, or either I've been away from him and I need, I want to start 2020 off, I want to rededicate my life to him nobody's looking around, just look your hand this morning, you know you need God to restore you, wait just a moment anyone anybody else, wait just a moment Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. I'll wait just a moment. I see that hand. Four or five people. We're going to pray this prayer real quick. Everybody just pray it together. Say, Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you. And Lord, we recognize that your blood has never lost its power. And today, as we step into 2020, you to forgive us of everything that hasn't been like you. And Lord, today I thank you that I'm forgiven. Come into my life. Restore me. Make me whole. In Jesus' name. Now I want to do this right now. Because I really believe God's going to remove stones out of people. honestly say today, Pastor, there's a few stones that have clogged up the well of joy. It's clogged up the well of peace. It's clogged up the well of health. Listen, if you've got unhealthy things going on in your body, but it's because of something you're putting in your body, you've got a stone there that needs to be removed today. If there's something going on in your marriage, but you've got some stones in the way, God wants to God wants to unclog that well today. And I, I, that's what I want to do this morning. I, I just want to encourage you. Every head bowed and every eye still closed. How many of you can say, Pastor, I know there's some stones in my life that need to be removed. Come on. In the name of Jesus. I want to ask you, if you raise your hand, just come down this morning. I want to pray with you right now. Come on, don't wait on anybody else. I've got some stones that I need to remove this morning. I, I need God's power and God's presence. I, I need to have uncompromising surrender back in my life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on. Don't wait on anybody else. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. 
and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphurst.org. Thank you and God bless.